What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. My name is Matt Pfeiffer. My co-host is Kevin Miner. It's just the two of us today. It's the first homebrew edition of 2021. Uh, Kevin and I sit down and we talk about this new app called Clubhouse. We talk about what it means to have good coffee and how you, you know, how you decide to enjoy that coffee, whether you add a little bit of milk and sugar to it and whether you should or should not. Um, ultimately, I think it's anybody's uh, decision to enjoy their coffee or whatever product they're using, however they want to enjoy it. I think that's certainly true. But we talk about the value in you know purchasing a superior product and then not experiencing it in the ideal way, almost akin to buying a super expensive whiskey and you know putting it over ice and diluting it. Uh, we talk about our highlight roasts. What's the deal with those? We haven't seen one since like November. Uh, we're bringing them back and better than ever. And we're working on our first highlight roast of 2021, which is with Ron Greco from Stax. Uh, Ron is the owner and head roaster of Stax Espresso Bar in Albany. Stax Espresso was actually our first highlight roast ever in 2020, and we're coming back to them again this year. Um, but we're doing things a little differently, as I said. Things are going to be a little more special. It's going to be a little more expensive. It's going to be a lot more worth it with a lot of perks and you know, added bonuses like custom artwork done by a local artist. Um, we're dialing in the details right now, so there will be more for you in the coming days and weeks, but for now, just know that we've got some cool shit in the works. Uh, listeners of this podcast can save 10% on a bag of our flagship blend called All Day ADK by using the code podcast at checkout. You save 10%, and we also, we love you. I hope you enjoy this quick and fun conversation with me and Kevin. Uh, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programs next week. But for now, enjoy it. Happy Monday, and we will see you next time. There it is. That's our track. And now we're recording. Um, <laughs> How was brunch? Brunch was good. It was tasty yeah. and it was it was strange because um, watching people uh, do normal things with mm -hmm. like without masks on because you know when mm -hmm. you're seated you can take your mask off. Um, mm -hmm. That was kind of freaky, but like in a good way. It was really uplifting because um, when we got out of bed this morning, Kenzie was like super down because like she had this whole week off, which sounds great. Like taking, you know, she's a teacher and she, yeah. so they had a February break. And so, like, the idea of, like, getting a week off sounds fucking tight. But when you have yeah. nothing to do and no one to do it with, she was feeling really lonely this week. So the concept Aww. of, like, one more day of just, like, having nothing to do was, like, really depressing to her. And so mm -hmm. I was like, maybe we go get some brunch. There um, you go. Did she love it? She did love it. And and yeah. more than anything, you know, we got ready. She got dressed up. Mm -hmm. We went out. And there were people. You know, we sat at the bar. Yep. You at, did the whole thing. We did the whole thing because uh, she needed to feel it. nice. For yeah, her. 
I realized I needed it too, though. Once I was yeah. out, I was like, damn. Because my, uh, my ideal morning, actually my whole ideal day today, so Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, would be to just like fiddle around the house all day, like, fl- like find little things to work on a lot of dad uh, a lot of dads that are listening to this can really vibe with what i'm saying i just want to like mindlessly kind of walk around the house and like figure like find things to like organize or fix or mm. you know there's mm-hmm. something some about that that oh, just gets you you want you want to prod at some objects you want some projects and there's the dad joke for the week. There it is. There it is. <laughs> right off the bat, baby. I love that. <laughs> Got it out of the way. Projects, baby. Projects. That's what dads do. They do projects. They just prod at objects until eventually the house looks nice. And that's like... <laughs> but the house goals. is never like, done. It's No, 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 no. It's The Sims painted an unrealistic expectation for us. <laughs> Yeah, we can never live up to that expectation. Are you kidding me? No. I'm just like... You get to start with the coolest clothes in The Sims. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and when you, you go to work, to start like, your you're life all chipper. In a clown outfit. <laughs> I don't ever, like, walk out the door and, like, look back and go, tsu and then just, like, head off to work like I'm super stoked, you know? Although you should, now that I'm thinking about this, that might actually bring joy to your day. <laughs> Could improve my day. Yeah. <laughs> just yell in Sims language at people <laughs> in public. <laughs> Just like all uh, the time. Well, you know, people that grew up with The Sims would probably really they get a kick out of it because immediately, oh, like, it's yeah. a very recognizable. Um, what it, what's a not language? Like, what what is like a like a fake Jar- language? There's a word for it. Uh, well, I mean, really, it's it's jargon. It's its own jargon. language. It's a very specific language. Yeah. Yeah. You would call it jargon. A lot of people use jargon specifically for medical terms, but like jargon just means like it's a very specific and like dialed in language that is used in a very specific setting. So like mm. that would be technically jargon, even though you'd consider the Sims having a more broad language to be an actual language. It's yeah. jargon. Yeah. It's not it's nonsense, really, is what it is. It's totally nonsense. Hold yeah, on, this, which this is great. Kind of stupid. Your okay. angle was stupid. Um, yeah. Dude, let's jump into the podcast with this. You talked to Portrait Coffee yesterday. Oh, I did. Yeah. That was really cool. Portrait. How, yeah, so, what, what kind of an experience was uh, getting in on the clubhouse for you for the first time? Clubhouse. All right. So if you haven't heard of Clubhouse, it's a uh, it's a new social media app. And it is all voice based. So there's no curated mm-hmm. feeds. There's no, you know, advertisements, though I'm sure, you know, the, 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 the ads in beta. So who knows what it'll become. But at this point, um, what I like about it and what shows promise is that it's very um, human oriented. And what I mean by that is like mm-hmm. the only way that you are interacting with people uh, and gaining followers and gaining you know, almost like reputation is by interacting with people in rooms. It's like sitting Mm -hmm. around a virtual table with a bunch of people and there's a moderator and there are usually like, like, you know, head speakers. And then people can either just like listen, like you can just sit at the table quietly and learn as people are talking to one another. Or if you have something to uh, add to the conversation, you can click a button to raise your hand and the moderator will see that you're raising your hand and uh, if yep. you know if if they deem that the situation is right that you can interject they will allow you they'll they'll invite you to enter the conversation and you get access to your microphone and then you talk but there's no video uh, you, you, you don't as far as I know you don't post anything you can still DM people on the side um, yeah but it's it's very much like sitting at a table with 
anybody in the world, right? Like if Gary Vaynerchuk or, uh, you know, like, I don't know, our homies at like the Cat and Cloud or mm-hmm. uh, f- who else did I see on there that was really like, like, a, like a really famous person I saw on there too. Um, there were some like famous directors, like movie directors on there. Mm-hmm. Like if people have something to say, they can like open up a room and start talking mm-hmm. about it. People listen. And it's just a really, really cool concept that uh, I think is so early on in development. So if you get access to um, what's God, what's Clubhouse. the app called? Clubhouse. If you get mm-hmm. access to Clubhouse at this point, I would say check it out. I think it's invite mm-hmm. only right now. Like you have it to is. know somebody who's already in it and they can send you an invite. Um, it's been growing exponentially though. I have, I had never heard of it until I heard Gary Vaynerchuk mention it about three weeks ago and was like, huh? And then ever Mm -hmm. since then I've heard it at least in conversation once every other day, probably Mm -hmm. somebody's mentioned it. So it's growing exponentially for sure. Um, and so, yeah, so you asked, you know, what was the experience? Like I talked to the guys at Porcher coffee, like, what does that actually mean? So, um, you you're able to like schedule uh, a room to open up a, and, and like a conversation to happen. Mm-hmm. So they portrait coffee, the, the two co-founders of portrait um, had a conversation in a room set for 6 PM Eastern last night. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And, uh, and they were just, I think it was more of a Q and a format. That's like, once I got in there, I got in there a little late. It seemed to be more of a Q and a. So there was like, people were saying like, Hey, you know, I'm working on this. This is who I am. Uh, what do you think about this thing? And they would, and because Portrait, if if I feel like everybody knows who Portrait Coffee is at this point, they're very famous. Right? You'd be surprised. A lot of people don't still. We, they're in to us. They're famous for sure. But right. I, I I would guarantee to a lot of people we talk to, they'd be like, "Who's that? Where are they based out of? Like Baltimore or something?" And you'd have to like explain to them. Yeah, where are they based out of? Is it Atlanta? Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. Pouring mm-hmm. a new narrative is their uh, their their phrase, which I love. Um, yeah, their black owned business. They mm-hmm. uh, they, I mean, their cafe culture really blew up in in twenty nineteen, and then they they actually. Mm-hmm. Here is what I learned last night. I'm trying not to get derail this too much, but I, I did come into no, a lot of going. really good, good thought processes. Or a lot of good ideas came out of last night. So it mm-hmm. turns out. Uh, that during 2020, they actually pivoted to a subscription service as well. They were still doing takeout mm-hmm. only and that kind of thing, but they actually turned on a subscription service where you could get, you know, a certain amount of coffee. Um, I think they also like linked people to like, you know, starter kits for mm-hmm. homebrewing, and they th- their business in that sector from the day that they started it to you know now it's already 30xed. It's wow. it's blown up. It does great business for them. That's great. So that's you know that is uh, a testament to that model working. Yeah. Even as we come out of this deep pandemic. Mm-hmm. Well, and they've also, I mean, they've very rightfully garnered for themselves a lot of publicity in the past year or two. Yeah. You know, talk like to me about that. Like, what do you know about that? Well, so they they modeled their um their coffee shops like they kind of tailored the narrative to the uh rail line in Atlanta and yeah. they were they were saying that they noticed you know the further up you traveled on the rail line the more white it became and they wanted to change that they wanted to benefit their community um and they wanted to 
bring that to light so that people could understand that concept a little more, how economics was actually separated by the inner geography of the city. And they wanted to give back to the community. They wanted to uplift their community. They want to train people for jobs at the same time. Yeah. They, so I'm, I'm looking at their, um, their bio and uh, their entire team are residents of Southwest Atlanta and they're, they're invested, deeply invested in seeing the historic West End continue to flourish. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Yeah, I do remember that uh, I must have listened to an interview with uh, John or one of the, one of the co-founders mm-hmm. um, about the, the rail line story. That's a really cool way of, uh, of coming to a conclusion and seeing an issue and wanting to change it. So, Yeah, I would actually recommend people watch their video on it on their website because I can't even put it into as eloquent uh, passage as they could on the spot. You know, right now I would have to like watch it a couple more times and digest all of the information then go, okay, well, how do I package this and present it to someone else? But they do such a good job of explaining how they viewed a local issue, how it related to the service that they wanted to provide and how they used that service to help uh, approach and attempt to analyze and solve different portions of a local issue. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got to, I got the opportunity to ask them a question um, mm-hmm. last night and you know, for me uh, as a, you know, as a young entrepreneur, as a young person in, you know, the working world, like I'm still at 28, like still finding my voice, still finding yeah. that, that confidence to just jump in and feel uh, at, and feel like I'm on equal footing with people that have at least some sort of status in, in areas, especially coffee. So like when I decided that they were talking about homebrewing actually. And so I was like, this is the perfect time for me to try and jump in and ask a question about homebrewing. So I raised okay. my hand and when you raise your hand, like the moderator sends you an invite to like be a speaker. And all of a sudden, like I was like, Oh, I better like have a question. Like ready to go you know i can't mm-hmm. just like i don't want to um and ah uh, and uh, you know i wanted to be able to get it out and yep. and seem professional and so, and it was there were first of all shout out to those guys for being super duper friendly and approachable and having awesome insights like i pulled so much from that like 30 minutes of conversation that i was in there for yeah and so i when it when it came to me i finally had concocted a question i you know i introduced myself and i said you know uh, we, you know, we're trying, I, I said it was uh, really inspiring to see how they got their coffee club subscription service thing to really uh, blow up for them during mm-hmm. the pandemic. Pivoting is a really important um, attribute for uh, COVID business. And so I asked, you know, what steps did they take to make, to make brewing coffee at home more approachable? for their guests that came in that, you know, were their regulars pre-COVID mm-hmm. and were interested in making coffee at home but had never, you know, didn't have any gear, didn't know where to start. Yeah. Uh, and he gave me a two-part answer. One was that people were just, like, more uh, more willing to put in the work and more willing to learn because they had that extra time at home. You know, there really wasn't a whole lot of other options for them. And it seemed like now is a, as think about like what all the things you've done during COVID, like, and you said to yourself, now is as good a time as ever because I like suck at home. So mm-hmm. 
they were incentivized to do it already. And uh, the guy recommended to me, he put together, you ever heard of kit.co? No. You can, uh, it's, it's a website where like creators can just like put together a collection of like their kit. Like, so you can create like a starter coffee kit and it's like Amazon links to all of the, the gear that you would need. Oh, and there's like some affiliate stuff in there too. So that's cool. So he was, they were just like shooting out that kit.co link to people. Ah, and they were getting people to even in that room, they were using that as an opportunity to get people into the kit and home brewing that found interest there. That's really, that's smart. Yeah. If there was anybody in that room that wasn't, uh, you know, very adept at home brewing and needed something, they definitely could have accessed that link, but they certainly, um, they certainly, most of the people in the room were like coffee entrepreneurs and I could see a lot of people were like, oh shit. Okay. Like that's a great idea. I should make a kit. Mm -hmm. And like link people to it in case they need coffee gear. It's a little Absolutely. something, you know. That is a smart idea. That's cool. And uh, I mean, obviously, they were creating that room so they could talk to people about their business. Yeah. Or what? Uh, they create. Yeah. Well, it it was a. Um, gosh, there was like an. I think I mean it was more of just a Q and A. I think it, in general, like mm -hmm. it's good for any business to just like open up a room. Like you and I, I think should really do it. Uh, we should okay. garner a following on that that site and open up a, a room and kind of have a conversation like we're having here and have people listen to us like live have the conversation Ooh. and input their like questions or concepts or ideas yeah it could be like a subscriber i, I don't know if you could do a subscriber only thing like mm, i know we've been talking about it no, so, you can't you know, i don't think you can on you, not on clubhouse. clubhouse not not on a beta app <laughs> <No>. <laughs> definitely not uh i think well that's cool did you get was there anything else that you noticed like really stood out to you like you're still thinking about it today that you heard in that room um you know no be, because uh no okay i'll say no concepts specifically because a lot of the questions that came up before and after me were actually cafe oriented um oh so they were related to actually owning a physical cafe mm -hmm. oh. i came out of left field with like i don't own a brick and mortar but uh you know yeah. yeah 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 well that was probably a nice change of pace for them it was and i got some followers out of it people in the oh whoa. yeah people that like you know were there listening saw that i had something to say and when i introduced myself as co-founder of state coffee collective people were like what's that and then they i we got a couple new followers on instagram i really think it's nice. it's a tool like any other it's a tool yeah uh, any other social well media. it's it's the easiest way to connect with people without just throwing a piece of content out there and hoping it sticks on the digital wall in a way that's noticeable, mm. right? Yeah. yeah. I think that probably the biggest advantage I've seen in Clubhouse, because I've been on it for about a month now, is that you're able to just have the conversation. Once you have the conversation, it's over. Um, you know, the pros and cons of that are very clear. And the pros being in my opinion, greater than the cons. If you show up ready to pay attention and you're actually like, you know, listening, interacting, being active on there, you're going to get more out of it. So it's, it's for people who actually want to get something out of the app. It's not just mindless scrolling. You're hopping into a room and you're listening to something. I mean, I told you, I listened to uh, some professional actors put on Antigone the play, but we got yeah. to talk to them after. 
you know? So like we were able to say, Hey, like, what did you think about playing this role? And was this different for you? Uh, was there something important that you thought you had to bring to your vocalization of this role? Cause they weren't acting it in person. Right. Know? Yeah. And, and then the cons I see like coming forward, like you mentioned ads, I already in my mind, <laughs> just because I'm like familiar with like the Twitch community and stuff like that. I have a feeling once this goes completely public, you're going to be getting into a room and having to listen to an ad before you're actually in the room. Like maybe your entrance to the room might have ad play. Like I'm trying, you know how I am. I'm like optimist. I'm like, this is really great for people. And then like cynical, I'm like, where are they going to market this? Yeah. How is capitalism (laughs) going to ruin this good thing? You know, exactly. Um, You know, one thing yeah so maybe like like from a clubhouse perspective like yeah getting into rooms maybe will be we don't know yeah it could be an ad thing um i have noticed already though and i'm sure you have too you walk into rooms sometimes and like somebody will be like somebody will raise their hand and they'll bring something up and they'll say something like you know oh and you know by the way if you guys you know if you need more resources like i have this like free ebook if you want to like i'll just throw me your Yo, email and yeah. then ebooks are like the hooks right now totally totally right like ebooks and and whatever else masterclass all that shit but my point is somebody will mm-hmm. try to plug shit in a room like the mm-hmm. it, and it, and it's not even just like i'm so and so from so and so it's i'm so and so from so and so here's a little bit of value and if by the way i have an ebook a lot of times the moderators will actually sh- like shut you down immediately be like we don't allow no plugs in here yeah no plugs yeah. in here like yeah not i happening. put it on the it, that's already like that started happening I would say within the week that I joined, people were already putting up like in parentheses and all caps, like no soliciting. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Like that's in going back to kind of the way that you said it. That's how capitalism rears its head. Like it's just it, it. And you know what? Like I can't I can't hate on people for like I don't even want to use the word hate. I can't. I can't really judge people too harshly for wanting to create a living for themselves if they feel that the thing that they have has some value, you know, like plugging your ebook. Sure. That, that's your ebook, you know, but like uh, at the same time, if people are putting no soliciting, like, eh, yeah. And so sometimes, <laughs> you know, I, I actually, this scenario in particular, the guy wasn't even trying to sell anything, but he actually like, it wasn't even an ebook. It was just like, oh, I have these resources. Like, if you want them, like, they're, you know, I just, I have them, you know, feel free to DM me after this and I can send them to you, no problem. He was actually trying to help, but it seemed like it could have been like him soliciting something. And actually, somebody else, after the moderator kind of, kind of shat on him a little bit, uh, somebody mm-hmm. stood up and was like, actually, like, I know that, you know, I've spoken with this person before and he's always just trying to add value. He's never trying, you know, yeah, it's, he's not soliciting. It's a very interesting dynamic, though, it, to watch happen, yeah. because you're everybody's dancing on this very thin line of, um, I want people to notice me and learn more about me, and I just objectively want to like, you know, give so that I can take, because that's all everything is here, right? Yeah. Well, and and that's why I think 
up until this point, my experiences have just kind of been listening on there. I've been kind of like, okay, well, let's see how people are like, what are the pitfalls? What's going on in these rooms? Like I'm, I'm kind of just paying attention, feeling out like how the app itself is forming based mm-hmm. on the social interactions that are happening. And I'm finally just starting to kind of like get my feet where I feel like I might start adding things to conversations in the yeah, rooms. Yeah. But I did have a few people invite me to a couple, like invite me back to other rooms because like, I, I think you can, you can like, you can like wave, right? You can like wave and say, Hey, and like, I was just friendly when I came into the room, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes people are just like, Oh yeah, you're like, po- you're a positive person. Come on back. Yeah, um, and, and I think you especially would add a lot of... If I <laughs> I should just that's like... That's exactly what <laughs> Devin said because he's the one who invited me to Clubhouse a month ago. Bro, if I just like... If I just said, all right, Kevin, here's the deal. I'm, I'm going to pay you whatever you get paid at Overhead Door for a week mm-hmm. and I'm going to have you just sit on fucking clubhouse and have conversations mm-hmm. with people about coffee and plug our name. Oh, I would network a ton. Network a fuck ton. I, I mean, I... Yeah. Just like one one like nervous question to portrait coffee got us two or three you know new followers on Instagram. Yeah, it's I can see just like the because again everything in in everything in marketing is visibility. It's eyes. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. I, the the more that people and that's why you get people by the way that will go into any room and every chance they get plug something right yeah. because like if you and I were hyper aggressive like that to plug our coffee or our highlight roast or whatever we're trying to sell. I mean, objectively, mm-hmm. the more places that you put something, the more aggressive you are about your marketing, generally the more sales you're going to get just by numbers. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just the math. But I think there is a certain level that we're trying to maintain that, you know, that we don't spam people. Yeah. Well, not only that, I mean, you and I, the biggest word for us is authenticity. Yeah. And I'm I'm drawn to and the reason that we talk about that a lot, like we've brought it up on this podcast a lot. The reason that I think we're into authenticity is because we're drawn to it. Like I'm drawn to companies that are authentic. And when they lose that authenticity, I typically will not be paying attention anymore. You know, like very quickly too. And it's not that I'm judging the company or that I wish them ill or anything. It's just all right, cool. Well, nice ride. Not for me. You know, thanks. Yeah, thanks. I was here until the authenticity was lost. Like I guarantee like if like, yeah, there's just, and it's not that they're selling out or anything. It's just that that's not for me. I'm, I'm very, I guess part of my like personality is I'm just very subcultural counter cultural, you know, like that's just, I'm always been drawn to that. When you, when you see uh, different companies, it's not just coffee, right? It's just in general, like Mm -hmm. businesses, when you see businesses get too big for the britches, um, or gets all like reach a point yeah. of growth where they all of a sudden have to sort of corporatize a little bit. You yeah. see the the life kind of like leave their eyes <laughs> in a way. The I, soul. Yeah, I I can. It's the soul I can, man. Yeah. I can think of. I can think of one restaurant actually in particular in our town. I won't name names, but like I can think. Of one, you don't have to. I can think of one restaurant in particular. Um, that I used to love, love, love. Spent a lot of time there mm-hmm. when I was younger. Didn't have, you know, when we didn't have as many responsibilities. Yep. And uh, and it felt like home because everybody that worked there or like um, went there, they were all like a family. And they're just, yeah. you know, they take care of you. And, and it was different now. They still take care of you, but they have way too much on their plate to actually, you know, 
it's corporatized yeah a little bit yeah and it, and it's lost a little bit of its humanity i mean that's the balance that i guess you have to find you know you either accept a certain limitation of growth or uh you you attempt to find as much humanity as you can while continuing to grow as a business totally yeah um what else did you want wow, to cover here that was heavy yeah that was like for the, for the beginning of this that was like 28 <laughs> minutes of uh i I came in. I was gonna make a couple jokes, talk about pomelos and how <laughs> how messed up. Juice they ain't are. worth the squeeze on those pomelos, dude. Oh my god, man! Uh, you know what? Interesting and definitely worth the experience. However, I'm all about that grapefruit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You brought up a couple of really good. Uh, you you had a couple of really good bits in our chat with with Matthew. <laughs> Matthew, oh my god! The pouring well, the milk okay. on everything. Okay, no, let's let's put this on the record. This week's episode of the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast is brought to you by putting milk all the fuck up in your geisha. Have you ever thought to yourself, self, I wonder what a $10 cup of coffee tastes like but being completely despotized by the lactose sugar from a cow's udder? Are you the type of masochist who thinks that complex refers to bleached glucose more than it does to the tasting notes of bergamot and white peach? Well, today is your lucky day. Simply walk down to your favorite local cafe and say, one geisha, please. But I would like to taste the roaster's tears. Stay milky, my friends. If you have, listen, if you have the money to spend, if it's not, if it's not burning a hole, like burning a hole in your, mm-hmm. in your pockets, the wrong phrase. If, if $10 doesn't mean anything to you and you want the best coffee possible and then you want to put milk in it and that's fine with you, then I'm okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. Just don't come back and then like shit on specialty coffee and say like and say that it tastes us it all tastes the same or, or yeah or be like oh like what 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 like what i'm gonna get a ten dollar cup of coffee for what right because it all tastes the same like no you don't understand what is actually happening if you're just putting milk in it that's all i'm saying is if yeah it's, it's different perspectives certainly yeah yeah kenzie and, was shitting on us fife wife was shitting on us was that on us yeah what? yeah for the milk thing she's like she's like jesus she's like jesus christ like just let just these let people do yeah it. just let people live jesus and i'm like you don't understand i mean that's fine i, I agree but th- but then of course you know the nerd in me is like kenji don't understand you know <laughs> i'm like i'm like the fermentation <laughs> process and the the blah, blah you know and like the, the there's so much there is so like, much it, yeah and but the, i get it yeah the the analogy that i will constantly craft in my head when i watch someone do that is you know they've they've now taken this thing that someone puts their their effort, their sweat equity into to grow. And then someone puts their time and experience into to roast. And then someone else puts their time and experience into to make for you. And they're just going to dump milk all over it. You know, yeah. it's like, what, what were the examples I use? Like, oh, it's really nice that you learned your first Mozart concerto. Why don't you, uh, the next time you're playing that, just dump some milk all over. I've it got, me. I'm here. Hold on. I'm going to pull them up because they're, they're so <laughs> Could good. You dump a little milk on that for me. <laughs> it's, I, I was screaming. I'm not kidding. By the way, nice cup. <laughs> oh, thanks buddy. Hey, you bought this I for did. me. I did. Merry late thanks, Christmas. Man. Very all late right. Christmas. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. First of all, a love letter to some pomelos. You are complex. <laughs> Your skin is too thick. <laughs> <laughs> that was this morning. All right. So you said learning to spot the teachable moment of being uh, might be of greater value, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I mean, I get it. I'm all about meeting people where they are, but this just made me feel something I didn't expect to feel. That's Matt. And you said, yeah, man, that's rough. 
I get that pouring hours of effort and years of experience into something amazing and then having someone ask you to pour milk all over it. That's a great garden painting, Monet. Could you pour milk all over it? <laughs> wow, what a cool term paper. Could you pour milk all over it and add some stevia? <laughs> Oh my god, I love expertly crafted Adirondack chairs with custom inlay designs. I just always ask for them to pour milk all over it before handing them over. <laughs> <laughs> that was that yeah, when I when I wrote that I was like, okay, that actually that's a good analogy for that. It's a little absurd, but like that's really what you're doing. Well, the absurdity. Saying, hey, I'm really glad that you're perfecting your craft here and you're dedicating your time and effort. I'm going to come in. I'm going to pay for it, but I want you to dump milk all over it. That's you know? the the, abs- the absurdity is what makes me just scream. You know, just it is abs- pouring yeah. milk all over it. <laughs> Could you put a little milk all over that for me to uh, to head off this section? I will. Uh, I will. I will recite the the second of two love poems about fruit. Oh yeah. A love letter about Hannaford fruit. Why must you fucking lie? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's on point, though. Come on. I worked in the produce section at Hannaford. Hannah fraud, baby. I worked there. Yeah. And that was that's a rough section to work in. (laughs) Hannah fraud, not affiliated with Hannah fraud, baby. Not affiliated with Hannaford groceries. Nope, not at all. So um, I wanted to talk at all. I mean, we're already like forty minutes into this conversation, so I here we are. You know, I, I wanted to touch on the fact that um, we're entering like this new phase of our relationship with All Day ADK, the blend that we have been offering for a decent amount of mm-hmm. time now since like October, mm-hmm. and. We so we're we're in a very special scenario right now where the um, the Sadama from Ethiopia portion of mm-hmm. it is an accidentally a grade one, which is better. It's higher quality than the grade three mm-hmm. that we actually ordered. We order grade three because the price is right. It still tastes great, um, but we were accidentally sent to grade one, and so it cups uh, better. Mm-hmm. It's got just like it's it's overall um has more like a a a lighter sweeter um more delicate body which i think is super cool so we're dealing with that and the zambia is a different zambia and we're trying to dial that in right we're trying to figure out what that blend needs to look like so it has the right flavor profile and that's been very interesting i've been cupping different ratios and kind of getting an idea and it's like kind of different what do you think about that yeah um so the thing that i'm learning about having a blend is that the fight for consistency is real you know like you you want to keep that blend going and unless you're getting something that's more along the lines of a blending component which we did not do ourselves that favor like a lot of people will like when you say what's a blending component coffee and they're like oh you know like an 82 guatemala or you know like a a lower score colombia that you can just throw into something you know it's going to have that coffee flavor to it it's going to balance it out you know it's almost like um the approach that people have to wine i'm constantly saying that you know like blending components are important because they will help you to balance out and create consistency in your cup but we have an Ethiopian Sadama, uh, an arty process specifically, 
and then we have the uh, Zambian coffee. And the Zambian, we actually were able to get a newer vintage of. And the newer vintage has a little more of that volcanic soil influence to it. So has a little bit more of that richer soil, that like slightly smoky flavor mm-hmm. that can come out of that. And that's roasting it to the same profile that we've been roasting it. So the conversation that we need to have now is do we roast it slightly differently and adapt that? I've, I've seen roasters do that. Do, you know, they've changed the approach to the roast of one of the blending components or do we change the ratio at which we blend the components and then address that at a later date once we've switched back to the other styles that we've had i personally i would prefer to approach the roast differently but that's just because i feel like that's something that we have a little more control over and that we would be um, we would be able to then look at the two different ways that we've roasted the Zambia and then say, okay, so here's where, where we're at. Let's see how the next batch, when it, the next you know vintage of it is the next uh, harvest uh, is and how that's coming out in our blend. And then if we need to bring that closer or further away from one of those profiles just to make it taste consistent, that's a little bit easier in my opinion than saying we've switched the blending ratio and then possibly later having to change the way that we're roasting it and change the ratio again. Right. Cause then you lose consistency across the board. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, I'm, I certainly agree that, uh, we have more control on the roaster though. We have to experiment first. Yes. Uh, and we currently have a batch, right? That that has the Zambia roasted to the curve that we've been roasting it. Um, yeah, this you whole time. released a little uh, email about that. I week. did, and kind of like you you let people know in a way that I don't think a lot of businesses would. Like, hey, here's a cool little thing that happened. Do you want to bag? Yeah, and it it did well. Uh, for for yeah. people who aren't subscribed to our newsletter, first of all, upstatecoffeecollective.com slash newsletter. Uh, we send out like an email a week or every other week or so, just letting you know what's going on with us. Um, you know, discount codes here or there, uh, mm-hmm. updates on the podcast, stuff like that. Uh, go follow us if you want to. But anyways, I did send out that email and I said, you know, hey kind of a cool thing happened we've got so we've got a fresh new batch of coffee and i explained the zambia thing i also explained the arty thing and i said this is a batch that we roasted ourselves this is the first batch of all day 80k that we roasted by our well not by ourselves we roasted with the help of of uh nick fernia from knockabout our roaster slash mentor slash partner um shout out and you know I just was super stoked about it and people were vibing that I was stoked about it. Uh, and so people, mm-hmm. people were checking it out. It's actually, we're almost out of yeah. it already. Again. Again. Yeah. Good problems. It is, it is good problems. Yeah. It really is. We're no portrait coffee, but we're working. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get there, man. No, I, yeah, right. I like that you did that. Um, I like that that's part of the you know the journey that we're on with the all day eighty k right now. And I also like that um, we're keeping consistent with our communication. Mm-hmm. I like that we're communicating a lot with the people who are interested in our coffee. I got to talk to um, the girls who were making us pour overs at Walt Cafe of all day eighty k yeah. yesterday, and even that, like I, I could. Like we had a little back and forth about their 
you know, I was like, well, what do you think of the all day 80 K? Like, and you know, feel free, no holds barred. Let me yeah. know. And they were both like, it's really good. Um, how would you describe? I could tell that they were like fishing for me to describe it so that they could better describe it to their customers. So I said, you know, here's, here's how I would prefer it to taste and here's how I make it at home. However, and I let them know, like the reason that I wanted a pour over of the coffee that I could make myself at home for seemingly less money right. is that <laughs> I wanted to taste how they make it. And I wanted to taste the other things that can stick out because when you get it at Walt, it kind of leans into that a like cacao type flavor. Like, you know, it has a little bit of that. It leans a little more chocolatier. Um, and the body has a little bit of more, it has a little more texture. To it, it does is the way that I would describe it. Um, which I think is a good thing because I think that'll be a nice surprise for people. But then when you're making it at home, it brings out a little more cherry, you know, and like when I'm making it, at least yeah, for it, sure, I've got a little more cherry to it. And I think for me, that's because I prefer it that way. But if someone were to get it the way that they're making it at Walt Cafe and then bring it home, they might end up experiencing kind of the same flavor notes, you know? Yeah. It's an interesting, yeah. um, <laughs> it's an interesting situation to be a part of, um, you know, brewing a coffee that we uh, created for approachability for entry level yep. coffee drinkers. Something that, like I've been saying, bridges the gap. Like somebody who appreciates mm-hmm. specialty coffee can drink this no and, and 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 taste that there was time, effort, and quality put into this coffee. Um, but mm-hmm. they also, you know, will they're not tasting any, um, you know, really eclectic or nuanced flavors like you would in a really, really high and specialty coffee. It's the perfect middle ground for somebody who likes the, you know, the traditional familiar coffee flavored coffee, you know, flavors. Uh Um, It's got that warm, nutty cocoa flavor, uh, but with a little sweetness that, you know, could potentially interest people and going like, wow, I didn't know that coffee could taste like that. So when I drink it for, you know, when I make it for myself, it's, uh, it's really, really good, but it's certainly like not the uh, flavor profile that I usually go for. So to have, uh, to brew it in such a way that actually like more citrus comes out or more cherry comes out. Um, that's how I prefer it. So I usually, I usually like brew it lighter. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, with like a with like a, a higher uh, coffee to water ratio, or mm. or lower coffee to water, more water to coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like a one to sixteen, oh, right? Yes. And uh, the so, anyways, yeah, I think it's it's kind of interesting um, where you get it made or where you make it, what water you use, what process you use to make it, all mm-hmm. changes the flavor profile. Oh, absolutely. This, I go ahead. No, no, no. You're I right. was just going to finish by saying this batch that we're dealing that we we currently have has uh, has Zambia that has a lot more oomph to it. So you really it it yeah. really outshines the the arty in the um, the ratio that it's in. So we're learning how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. We're we're messing around with ratios, and we're uh, we're yeah, like you said, we're thinking about roasting the Zambia slightly differently. Maybe uh, dropping it at a higher temp and finishing at a Mm -hmm. total uh, lower temp or like just after second, uh, just after first crack. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, 
what going back to where this conversation kind of started, uh, one of the benefits posed by going to a place like Starbucks is that they have consistency because, and for good reasons and bad reasons, and a lot of people, they're just looking for that consistency. And I'm not talking about maybe people listening to this podcast or people, you know, who are going out and looking for a nice pour over, but like when you have that consistency and it becomes a comfortable thing for people to approach when people know confidently that they're going to get the same thing that they get anywhere, that's when you have a brand that like can be national, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're offering the same thing. Like everybody knows if they go to a Starbucks, they're going to get the same thing they got at the other Starbucks, you know, unless something's gone horribly wrong. And so that's kind of the, advantage that they've given themselves in this and where I think a lot of where it becomes harder for a lot of um, smaller coffee companies to scale is that, you know, once, once you're creating relationships with farmers and you're like, okay, cool, well, we'll buy this many bags this year. You're going to get, if you're continuing to grow as a coffee company, foreseeably there should be a point. And if they're continuing to grow as a farm, foreseeably there should be a point where like, both of you are kind of like, all right, we've maxed out. Like, Mm -hmm. um, who is it? Um, uh, I can't, I can't remember his actual full name, but remember, um, last year, two years ago, I was really into that 40 ounce wine, actually three years ago, maybe at this point. Yeah. 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 Remember that 40 ounce wine? Julien Broad. Okay. Right. So Julien Broad, he's a French wine producer. He's producing, um, Muscadet. And, it tastes like fancy grape juice, basically, like, but like really, really refined. There was a lot of subtle complexity to that wine. Um, Julien Broad is producing this, and he only has so much farmland, right? right? And Verity Wines says, we're going to sell that in a 40 ounce, and it becomes hugely successful on the East Coast, right? People, like, people loved that wine. And not only that, I would get people onto that wine, and they would want more of it. So like, we were selling a ton of it just at our store alone, let alone like the more kitschy, maybe like, you know, bougie, you know, um, trendy places down closer to the city or in some of the more metropolitan areas. He eventually had to come to Ver- Verity Wines and say, I'm not producing anymore. Like I'm not expanding. I'm not buying other people's farmland so I can just sell you a bunch of 40 ounces of the same grape. Right. Like, that's not my dream. And he, he did that knowing full well he was going to make less money. And so he stopped. And now it, I think it's pretty much phased out of the U.S. And that's what would happen. That, or foreseeably, that's what could happen. Not would, but could happen for a lot of the direct relationships that people are forming with farmers. The pros to that relationship are you can create consistency at your shop. You can create consistency with like a coffee that you're offering in a local fashion. However growing, expanding, scaling. These are all things that might end up, you know, hedging into or rather, um, you know, carving into your quality, carving into the experience that some of the more familiar customers have at the, uh, you know, the gamble of garnering a wider consumer base. Wow. I mean, it's kind of a, yeah, I I think it's, both a a combination of compromise like like the right mm-hmm. like over time the yeah. number of times you compromise on something for a better price mm-hmm. or for more scale 
Um, that's how that's how second wave coffee, you know, became this this giant billion multi billion dollar industry that third wave mm-hmm. then rebelled against and said, f- mm-hmm. you know, the uh, basically said, fuck you. We, you yep. know, we want equity and we want, you know, livable wages and we want quality and we want care. We j- we don't want just volume and garbage, you know, mm-hmm. which vo- volume, yep. garbage and money. That's really what a lot of giant corporations <laughs> do. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and the thing is, like, they have the resources to create a more sustainable company, but at what cost to them? And is that worth that well, cost that, at that point? You know, like there's there's a lot of pros and cons to both sides, but now we're at a point in coffee where you're starting to see like, I mean, Stumptown is on shelves in Target, mm-hmm. right? So it's counterculture. They're on shelves in Target now, which means they're a national brand like that is a nationally recognized brand because if you're in target you have the ability to be in all targets and that me- that's a lot of coffee that you have to roast to be in every target in the u.s that is a lot of coffee and it's still like <laughs> still specialty still special right but we're we're at the point where we have to find for ourselves as individuals, as companies, and as consumers, what is the what is the way that we are going to speak with our dollar, you know? And there's when you bring it into the realm of economics, like, and you you the further away from the human element you move the the more there are no wrong answers, right? You want to spend your dollar on an easy cup somewhere? Cool. Do it up. You want to spend 10 bucks and dump milk all over it? Cool. Yep. There's no wrong answers here. But once you get into the human element, once you start considering things from almost, I don't want to say ethical because I don't want to misnomer. Um, I don't want to misuse that term. But like once you start considering things from a more human-centric perspective, being a locavore, you know, being someone who's into their local coffee shop and wants to see those people specifically thriving, right? And like being a person who wants to hear about the relationships that they've been forming with, um, you know, farmers and growers and producers in other countries, being like wanting to uplift your community in Atlanta, wanting to uplift your community in Memphis, Tennessee, wanting to uplift your community in Troy and Saratoga and Glens Falls and all of these other cities. Like the more human you are about it, the less you're going to have uh, the ability to just walk into anywhere and know that you're going to get exactly the same thing. You know, you're actually, you have to pay more attention. You have to put a little more work in on your end, on their end, on everybody else's end. It takes more work to make those things work well. And it takes intention. Yeah. That needs to be a decision that's made somewhere along the lines, usually earlier rather than later when Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this from the beginning when we were a club, when we weren't even thinking about making money on anything, we were just saying, we want to learn more about coffee. And we were looking at how, uh, you know, people in coffee don't make a whole lot of money from the bottom all the way up, you know? And because the co- it seems that most of coffee culture is sort of this like, you know, uh, anti-capitalism and at its purest sense. Uh, at its most extreme senses, you have, well, what you have is like companies that decide that 
when they get to a certain point, instead of taking their capital and investing mm-hmm. it in ways that they can make money easier, um, mm-hmm. they will often take the harder, uh, more expensive route to do something better for, let's say, the environment or their community. So, mm-hmm. uh, you you know, you've brought up the example of. Uh, <clears throat> You know, you could take you could take a million dollars and, you know, build a, a giant warehouse where you can roast coffee more effectively, quicker, ch- cheaper, uh, whatever. Right. Yep. Or maybe outsourcing, you know, or you could take mm-hmm. that money and you could invest it into your community um, or you can invest it into like, uh, you know, new uh I don't know, like like new disposables. All of your disposables are now green, or you're doing like yep. carbon offsetting. Um, yeah, that is the kind of decision that a company has to make that is inherently anti-capitalist because, like, any company's goal in the game of capitalism is growth at uh, at all expenses, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. growth. That's it for shareholders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's specifically from a corporate perspective. Yes, that is the only uh, function of a corporation is to grow, mm-hmm. right? Economically speaking, fiscally speaking, for shareholders. That is their only function. Um, but yeah, when it, but I, I think the thing that I really like about where we are and the way that people are starting to answer these questions is that you're finding people who are saying, you know what? If I'm not taking care of my community, my community can't take as good care of me. If I'm not taking care of the planet, the planet will stop providing for me. If I'm not taking care of people and nature, nature can't take care of me. Right. So you're you're finding answers across the spectrum now. You know, there are people who adhere to the capitalist dream, and that's cool. Like I'm not like am, do I not really like do i do i have some sort of a dream of being a mole somewhere not really like i you know i want to just i'm i've i don't know from a personal perspective as like your business partner and someone who just exists like and wants to like see their community do better whatever that means like the different answers to that you know like i i want to create and i want to make sure that i'm creating things that are of value and that's it like and i want that to be sustainable yeah and that that's not to say yeah yeah, i agree right and um i think i can both agree and desire you know the ability to build wealth for my family Mm -hmm. uh at the end of the day i just want to be able to make a living doing something that matters um or or just as you said creating i want to be able to create and collaborate with people in my community, make people's lives mm-hmm. better, and provide value to people. Um, and I don't feel like I do all of those things in my day job. Yep. Working for somebody's hard, no matter what it is. It is. Yeah, it definitely you know? is. Because mm-hmm. it's just not your vision. Even if it is something that like aligns with your values, I can imagine being an employee, even like, you, you, you know, you worked for Crew Coffee, and you aligned... Mm-hmm very often with their vision and sometimes you didn't but in general like you loved that place we still love crew coffee what an awesome Mm -hmm. spot if you live in the saratoga or like capital region area crew coffee in saratoga shout out go give them some love Mm -hmm. good space great space but like yeah but it's weird to like 
have a, a vision, but also have a boss that you have to kind of like ask for permission to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Kev, what's your jam? Ooh, buddy. Jam this week. Um, well, I mean, you just heard I was jamming myself and making a lo-fi beat. <laughs> Which, you know, speaks to my soul. Oh, yeah. I You know, I knew you were going to like that. I started playing around with some samples, some jazzy, bluesy samples in D-sharp minor Ooh. at 90 beats per minute, I think it was, and then just kind of like jammed out on that for about an hour. Uh, so that was my jam, but... I actually, oh my God, Jessica Domingo. Have you ever heard of her? No. Okay, so someone posted something on Instagram and had this artist in the background named Tash. Uh, she just goes by the name Tash. Okay. That's it. Uh, her last name's Palmer, though, I found out. she's. But the song that they had posted doesn't exist anywhere on like Spotify. It's like only on YouTube on this one link. So I listened to that song, which was dope. But then uh, her similar to, because I couldn't find the song that I wanted, I was just like, oh, let's check out who else is writing her kind of music. There's this girl, Jessica Domingo. She plays guitar. She freestyles over lo-fi beats which is cool. super tight and then right uh but she does this super sick kendrick lamar medley that she released in like 2017 and she has a great voice and it's her playing guitar i think she might have looped it but like it's just this beautiful track that has like so many references to the good kid mad city album and it just like the way that she tied all the melodies together and the way that she sings it and presents it is just like I've been jamming that for like the past day. Wow. That actually mm-hmm. makes me want to listen to some Kendrick. Maybe I'll pop him on today. Oh, I love Kendrick. Like just, uh, just like walk myself through the entire Good Kid album. Um, mm, such a good album. Arguably one of the best. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm listening to a, an artist called Bibio lately. Oh yeah, B I B I O. Uh, mm-hmm. I listened to just like a whole, like a whole playlist of his music last night while Kenzie and I were playing a game and having a drink. Um, mm-hmm. And he just he's got like really relaxing tunes. Some of it is like too relaxing. I actually said uh, there was a mm. song on that I was like, "Are we? Am I on an episode of Earth? You know, like the like Planet Earth or whatever?" Oh yeah, it's more ambient. Yeah, like not. I'm underwater with a whale or something. I'm like, come on, man. Wake oh up. my god. Uh so Bibio, do I have to I'll give you a song. How about that? Yeah. Uh one of, one of his classics. So from his record of Mineral Love, uh mm-hmm. Town and Country. What a classic. Ooh, yeah, okay. really good. All right. A little Bibio for people yeah. this week. Yeah. You know what I've noticed uh right now Tell this me. week? Uh you and I yesterday had a ton of energy. Mm-hmm. Right? We were like, we were attacking the day. We're relaxed oh, right yeah. now. Have you not? Have you noticed the energy levels? Our our wavelengths a little bit different right now. Both of us are pretty chill. It's Sunday. We're relaxing. Yeah, we're not really. There's no guest this week. No guest. The past like few weeks, we've been so excited to talk to people, and now it's just like we we were super excited to talk to each other yesterday. And now we're talking to each other. Now we're like, yeah. So <laughs> I know it's been uh, it's been a challenge for me to. Um, to balance all the work we do and like self care, so you've been feeling better. I have, out. I have been. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling better today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you? I th- I, really, just because Good. I gave myself time to relax this weekend. 
You need that. Um, yeah, the uh, the burnout thing's funny because it comes and goes. You know, you you I'll wake up one day mm-hmm. with a lot of energy and a lot of positivity. Um, mm-hmm. But the second I start feeling behind, like I can't give my yeah. all to everything that I've like assigned myself to. Mm-hmm. The second I start to get like down in the dumps. But I will say that a lot of people have been coming out of the woodworks to help us out with stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to Devin Seegers for giving us a good pep talk and a good marketing strategy always. yesterday. He's the yep. man. He's always on. Shout out to my brother, Jack. Uh, Jack's mm-hmm. coming on to help us out with some stuff in the warehouse. Just, uh, yep. you know, packing orders and stuff. He's uh, getting ready for an internship mm-hmm. this summer and just wants a little extra experience and just likes to help out his bro. We have an intern. Yeah, it's kind of funny. That's cool. We have to make him get us food at least once. I made the joke. I'm not saying all the time, but at least I made once. the joke when he showed up. He, he, I, I said, he said he'd be at my house like 7 p.m. one night. He showed up. It was like, you know, 7, mm-hmm. 10 or something. And I answered the door mm-hmm. and I said, I'm noticing you're 10 minutes late and I'm also noticing you're not wearing a tie. Next time, wear a tie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that's cool. So we have an intern, right? We have some really great friends. Shout out to Bryce Snyder for tagging us like a ton this yeah. week. And he's been living the life. He's getting ready to do some mission work. Is he going down in the Dominican? And some charity work. I believe so. Yeah, they're gearing up nice. for it. Uh, they weren't able to go last year, obviously. Right. So the Snyders are looking forward to continuing uh, the good work that they're doing down in the Dominican, the DR. And uh, um. I think that the last time they were there, they were building a hospital. Crazy. Isn't that nuts? Like, like imagine coming home from quote unquote vacation, right? Or like, you know, travel and people are like, Oh cool. What'd you do? And you're like, you're like, I built a hospital. Like that's just (laughs) man. But you know, Bryce would be like, they're such cool. Yeah. You know, Bryce would be like super like low key about it though. He'd be like, Oh, we're, you know, we're down there. We're, we're helping out some people. We're doing some community work Mm -hmm. and yeah, we're trying to build a hospital. Like he'd just be like very like chill about it. Yeah. He is very chill. Yeah. Mark Cunningham. Mark. Good friend of ours. Right. Yeah. I'm just listing off the, the people that we've had a good time chatting with, you know, apologies if we miss anybody, but you know, Tyler Bodwin. I was just going to mention Tyler. Yeah. Cause I'm drinking. I beat you to it. Even though you interact with them more than I do, hey, it's not a, it's not a race. It's not a challenge. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, what's wow? What's the what's the phrase? It's not a, it's not a race. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's not. It's not a. Ch- it's not literally. A yeah, just it's not a competition. <laughs> wow. <laughs> fried. Yeah, you're you're well. No, no, no. You're not fried. You're in relaxation mode. I hope everyone listening to this appreciates relaxed brains. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah, you, you've got some beans from him. Yeah, right that's what now? I'm drinking in your mug. Ooh, what you got? Uh, what's in your mug? Uh, passenger Benji. Uh, 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 it's a uh, uh, Benti Nenka passenger. It's an Ethiopian from the Guji region. It's a washed coffee. Mm. Um, it's that like mm-hmm. air. It's not an heirloom coffee from Ethiopia. It's like he's actually got the varietal here. Ethiopian Landrasses variety, variety. Oh, did I say varietal? Not varietal. Yeah. Fuck. We gotta catch ourselves. It's okay. We're learning. Sorry, Matt. We're well. We're not learning. We're we're making sure that we're staying on point. Variety. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. So this is a this is a 
passenger coffee called Benti Ninka. Mm-hmm. It's from mm-hmm. um, the Guji region in Ethiopia. And it's okay. not an heirloom variety. It's uh, it's the Ethiopian Landraces. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Oh, Landraces. Landraces? That sounds so English. Mm-hmm. That sounds so, so Anglo-Saxon. Landraces. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. I, I was like, I don't make the rules. I, I was like, Landraces. Landraces. So Landraces. It, it, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Land races. Yeah, that's the variety. Land races. Yeah. That's nice, man. I am drinking some of that Ethnos Coffee Roasters Kivu. Bro, we need to do a little bit mm. of uh, coffee trade. Mm-mm-mm. When are you coming over to trade coffee with me? I don't know. We we both acquired so many good coffees it, over the course of the past two weeks, right? Like after we roasted, we acquired a bunch of really good coffees and had the coffees that we roasted to drink. So not only have we had the like our normal desire to drink a coffee, we've also kind of had a responsibility to drink some coffees. So yeah, like, I've got that proud Mary coffee that's um, super yeah. special that I'll have to give you a little bit People- of. People liked that. People liked what that we were talking about, or like they the liked coffee. that little video of yours. They, they they're digging the proud Mary like packaging and the card and everything that comes along with yeah, it. Yeah, I gave it a little review. I didn't do too much work in like you know post processing. I just you know sometimes I just feel like content like like quality you know value valuable content is better than you know some polished real. So I just threw the yep. camera in front of me, started chatting about it. And yeah, people seem to like it. I think that's nice. important too. You know, we, we want to like, we want to be there as like a voice for people. We don't always need to have like that curated feed. Oh yeah. So what's the, what's the deal no, with this we, Congo you're drinking? Oh dude, it's real good. Um, so it's like, it really leans into apricots and brown sugar. Mm. You know, there's, there's another flavor note on there. Uh, oh, chocolate. But like, I mean, there's what coffee doesn't have like at least I mean, there's very, very few coffees that don't have at least like some sort of like coffee or chocolate note yeah. to them. Right. Uh, so like that's this is apricots and brown sugar for sure. It's definitely it's got that confection like baked flavor, which is really good. It even smells a little bit of brown sugar, which I love. And then earlier this week, I was drinking uh, that honey gold because mm. that's what I ordered. I ordered the honey gold and then Kenny Baker, shout out Yo. to him, sent uh, three coffee. He sent you three? You know, he was. Yeah, he sent me the Kivu, the honey gold, and then the one that he hasn't released yet. Oh, he was doing. What's that other? Oh, yeah. are we allowed to say? Uh, the it's well i'm allowed to say what i received in the mail yeah <laughs> the it was the uh guji yes Hamdala. yes yep which is which was super good i made a small cup of that and i kept the rest in a mason jar so it's like airtight yep. not gonna spoil or anything and then i've got two mystery coffees from touchy coffee Ooh. that we have to try on top of the Colombian geisha on top of this upcoming week, we'll probably be meeting up with Ron from stacks to talk about our first highlight <gasps> rose coffee and possibly tasting it. Yeah, There's a lot of coffee news going on that we, we buried the lead on this episode. I know we really <laughs> did. If you made we it this buried far, the lead big time, we like, we were just throwing it if around you made it this far an <laughs> hour and 15 in. There you go. We're working on the, f- I'm actually probably, uh, I'm going to record an intro for this. So I'll mention it. Yeah, you should. I'm going to name this episode. Should, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, what did we talk about at first? 
Uh, oh, uh, oh. Clubhouse. So I'm, I'm going to name this episode Clubhouse, Milk and Your Geisha, and something else. <laughs> and, and Highlight Roasts 2021, which we're just starting to get into, which are very exciting. Like, I'm actually... I'm really motivated to get back into that. Me too. I'm, like, I love that we have all day 80K. I love that we're bringing people into, you know, coffee through that. I want to continue doing the highlight rows. I really want to keep like lifting up the people that I love seeing, you know, and I love seeing them succeed. Like, that's where well, I'm at. I can't wait to and get we're into also, that. And we're also doubling down on it this year. We're not just, it's yeah, it, we are. not that the coffees that we, uh, that we highlighted last year weren't good because they were they were great they mm -hmm. all tasted amazing um but yeah. this year we set the bar higher and we said to people like if we're going to do a highlight roast with you we need you to come out the gate swinging we need you to give us a coffee that you're like ridiculously stoked about that is super special to you um and that you're willing to put a little time and effort into and so ron's ron's hooking us up with some of that good good yeah, we can't say what yet, mm -hmm. but we're going to talk to him this week about it. We're going to settle on what we're doing for our first highlight roast of 2021. And not only that, he's been personally talking to the farmers, which I think is huge. I think having that sort of communication across the board is amazing. Like, so I'm super excited about everything associated with that. Not only that, we got a little art coming, mm -hmm. you know, yep, custom That's sticker. Like, I'm, I'm really happy that that got locked in yeah we're gonna we're gonna have some extra things added on to the coffee experience this year and like you know what when i first started looking at it i was like i wasn't asking how do i make the highlight roasts exciting how do i give people things how do we how do we add to the experience i was asking myself how do i do this in a way that feels original all over again mm. You know, like how, how do we continue to make it feel like it's the first time that we're doing something and we're excited about it? Tight. I agree. Yeah. And I, and my, I, I yeah. can't say I'm not excited about it too. Uh, dude, I'm super excited. That's like, uh, to me, being creative and collaborating is like, those are two of my favorite things. I think that just comes from like being in bands. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff, oh, yeah. You know, like, that process of like, oh, what are you going to do? All right, cool. So you got this over here. Let's add something to it. You know, like that, even just like talking to somebody about things that they're creating. I, I always, I just light up a little. We more, often you know? compare what we're doing here um, to our days in bands. Like if we've got like a bunch of leftover coffees from a highlight roaster for something, mm -hmm. and, you know, we, we're trying to get, uh, we're trying to get it out the door and get it to people one of us will always be like, dude, we used to sell 25 tickets to a pop punk concert at a church in a day. You know, it's like, yep. we can make this happen. Like, let's make some phone calls. Yeah, we can sell some coffee. Easy yeah. money, baby. Exactly. Uh, final dude. thoughts? Final thoughts. I mean, I've got a ton of thoughts and they're going in every direction this Sunday. I think I'm, my final thoughts are get your meds in. Mm. Um, especially if you're finding that things are ramping back up for you. Um, spring's right around the corner. People are very hopeful about being able to be outside again. Um, be safe though, too. You know, like let's continue to be safe. I know there's a lot of like, there's a lot of changes that are about to happen that are going to 
put us all outside, you know, put us back into motion. Like it feels like the spring always feels like a time that like the, the speed of things kinds of kind of picks up. Like we're coming out of that winter hibernation mode, Yeah, which is really what's happening in the Northeast. You know, we're coming out of winter hibernation mode and we're like, okay, let's get outside. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Like, I think uh, get your meds. You what know, are your meds again? Be wary. Not my, no, not wary. Meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. Mm, gotta get that sleep. I slept eight hours last Dude, night. Congrats. It was great. That's fucking awesome. Thanks, man. First time wow. this week. It was great, though. I absolutely loved it. And I'm sore, man. Oof. What have you been doing for workouts? A ton. I've actually... I've been getting back into resistance training because I realized that I needed to do what I refer to as load bearing. Like everyone has a different body type. Mine's very, I'm very lucky. Mine's well-rounded. You know, I'm, I'm built for lifting and sprinting and running long distances and swimming and luck. And I, I like that I'm able to move. So I express that gratitude by taking good care of myself. And I was like, I mean, last night, last, I looked at um, the girl I've been seeing and I go, how much do you weigh? And she goes, she told me how much she weighed and I grabbed the 110 pound weight off the curl bar and just started curling it for reps. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at her. I was like, look, see, that's that's you. I can, that's you. Wow. <laughs> I can curl you. Um, so I was doing that. I'm a little sore from that, but I was box squatting last night and doing like plyo jumps and there's uh, the gym that I went to is really cool. You have like a key fob yep. and then you can go in and there's, you know, obviously masks and there's hand sanitizer everywhere and stuff. But like if you go at the right time, no one's there mm. and they have a room with kettlebells, but they have a ton of kettlebells. And if you go at the right time and no one's there, all the kettlebells are yours. So you can do double kettlebell swings. You can do like all these things that I can't normally yeah. do at home. Cause I don't have that much money invested into equipment. I've, I've, so that was great. I figured, um, because I'm, not only am I being more consistent by working out, but I want to continue to be more consistent. I want a little bit more variety uh, in my home gym. So I'm, I'm probably going to get a, like a pull-up bar and probably go. go, which by the way, you know, I can't do a pull-up. Yeah. <gasps> I know we talked that. about it. You were very shocked. Yeah. Have and you were we? like, you could do a pull-up. I know you can. I'm like, I'm still I'm like, shocked. I fucking can't. Yeah. Cause you've been able to do a pull-up you your do- whole life. Well, yeah, I can do a lot. Yeah, of I can't do a single pull up. <laughs> I cannot pull really? myself up. No, I could probably what? do a chin up. Cannot do a wide okay. grip uh, pull up. No, absolutely not. Well, okay, so that makes sense because to do a pull up, your so your posterior chains right. involved in that, and you're at a desk job as much as you want to be more active. Like that's. That's tough. To yeah, out, I'm, you know? I'm out. I'm out in the world on top of a scissor lift with a grinder going at a spring, you know, <laughs> like that's so like it's very two very different job types right there. Yeah. You know, um, my yeah. final thought. What are your yeah, final my, thoughts? I only have one final thought, which was uh, you were talking about how this highlight roast. We're obviously featuring this coffee from stacks mm-hmm. roasted mm-hmm. by Ron Greco. Super stoked. Um, mm hmm. But then we also have a uh, custom art made into a sticker. Yes. I wonder if each mm-hmm. of our highlight roasts should be a coffee and an artist. It should be a roaster and an artist. Oh, buddy. 
do I have an answer for you that no one gets to hear on the podcast, but we get to talk about? 